This is the Gary V Audio Experience. Hey, Gary. How are you? Fantastic. It sounds like these guys have had a, uh, a very uh, fruitful experience already. They had a conversation with Simon Sinek. That's awesome. This He's morning. Good yeah. That's awesome. Well, hello, everybody. Hope everybody's well. We've got a whole bunch of folks coming in and feel free to, we know this is lunchtime, so uh, don't be, J Jim already set the tone that if you want yeah. to grab a little something, <laughs> feel free. And, and for the group, uh, it was Gary's birthday on Sunday, right, Andrea? Uh, Saturday, thank you. A uh, Saturday. Birthday. So Gary, a belated happy birthday. Thank you so much. One of the many things that we love about Gary is that he loves his birthday. There aren't a lot of people that sell, you know, that are, get get that excited, but we love we love that about him. I heard a great uh, Steve Martin was talking. He's doing some cartoons now, and one of the cartoons is a baby being born, and the baby, the little bubble, is best birthday ever. <laughs> <laughs> like your first That's one, good. of course, it's your best. That's so good. <laughs> That's so good. So now we still have so we we're at thirty, and I think we've still got a few more that are uh, who that are coming in. But I'm wondering if we don't maybe get things um, started, if that's okay, Sid. That's great, perfect, fantastic. So really excited. I'm Andrea Sullivan, the CMO of VaynerX. We're thrilled to be here today to have a have an interactive session with all of you, and talk a little bit more about marketing for the now and and what it takes to really accelerate growth. Um, and we're lucky to have Gary here to spark the, the conversation. Um, we know that there's a lot of you on the call today. We typically have people go around and do introductions and share different challenges and things like that. We want to make sure that you get the most out of the, the session today and get a tremendous amount of value. Uh, so we're wondering if folks do want to use the chat function. Um, we'll be using that kind of throughout and, and would love for, um, for all of you to share different challenges or opportunities that, that you're thinking about, you know, as you're looking into 2021, and that will help us to make sure that we're, you know, dialing into the, the, the kind of key areas that might be most fruitful for you and your individual businesses. Um, so uh, with that, I'm going to um, hand it over to you, Gary, in part because my new puppy is eating everything in my bedroom. So I'm going to pick him up and throw him out the door, if you don't mind, and I'll be back in one second. Andrew, real quick before you leave, am I doing an opening kind of statement and are we just going hardcore Q&A? Yeah, that's exactly awesome. right. So wondering if you can, yeah, kind of set the tone, um, share a little bit about what you're seeing right now, sure. um, and then we'll start jumping into the, the, the dialogue. Uh, Team, hi everybody. Uh, the reason I was asking about that format is I, I really want to get into the details because what I'm seeing, I don't think is extraordinarily difficult to um, understand, but unfortunately remarkably hard for most organizations to execute. And I think that goes into HR and human dynamics more than the information of. What I mean by that, everyone, is it's extremely clear to those who are very narrow in their paying attention of how money is spent to make something happen, what's going on. And when I mean money is spent to something happen, I mean spending money on media amplification or spending money on pictures, videos, written words, audio, content, creative, to make something happen. Whether that is to raise money for a nonprofit. Um, early this year, I don't know if this hit anybody's radar, but I teamed up with Michael Rubin, the founder of Fanatics, 
And as soon as COVID hit, we created something called the All In Challenge, um, where you could get a role in a Robert De Niro movie or play golf with, you know, it, was, it got a ton of, but we raised $68 million. And we did it because not only do we have star power, but everybody had star power. Sotheby, it was unlimited things going on, as I'm sure everyone knows. We understood how to make pictures, videos, and written words, audio sounds, and how to amplify them on the internet. And then when I say the internet, YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, you know, whatever anyone wants to call it, I think that something, and I look around the room here, and I'm looking at the faces and I say to myself, okay, this is not an 18 to 25 year old crowd. So I'm gonna make a general statement here that I think is gonna land for a lot of us. For a lot of us, we lived in the business life, let alone life prior to this device existing and really established the way we worked, the way we thought, the way things worked. This is truly, truly the remote control of society. It just is. We can sit here and have an hour debate of, do you like that? Are you mad at technology? Did you like how it used to be? That's fine. That's a different conversation. We're here under the context of business and the individuals, whether running for office, whether raising money for nonprofits and the organizations, whether B2B, how many people here are B2B? Raise your hands, just so I can get a sense. Pro so that wow, quite a bit. So this excites me. The great misstep of B2B 2020 marketing, 2021 marketing is not understanding that everybody that just raised their hands, in my opinion, one man's point of view, need to be putting out five to 15 pieces of creative on LinkedIn a day, a day. Excuse me for one second. Classic. Jim, you put out, uh, you put five or 15 pieces out a day, don't you, Jim? Um, <laughs> at least. At least, Jim. <laughs> and, and, and when you understand those pieces of content, whether a written word, a white, as big as a white paper, because you spent a month on it, or as little as a sentence, when you understand how to run media on LinkedIn against the job descriptions or job titles of the decision makers or my favorite one, cause I'm in 401 land, not 101 land at this point in my career to put in front of the influencers of the decision makers to sign up for your SaaS product, let you be the service provider, let you consult. When people start understanding that, this group understands that being great at LinkedIn pictures, videos, written words, slide shares, decks and running media on LinkedIn is more important than knowing how to balance your payroll and pay your taxes. When people in this room, when this world understands what I'm saying is true, it changes every behavior. It changes every behavior. If I run every one of the companies that just ran, raised their hands, if I run those, I do things that go against that religion. Let me give you a great example. Let's talk about this. This is a shockingly bad use of my time. This right now, if I'm being practical, the value of my time, my business is what I'm doing. This is not good ROI. I have a lot, I have a warm spot for ink. I love entrepreneurs. I'm a human, but the real reason I'm doing this is because I'm going to get content out of it. Literally, the reason I want to go to Q and A is Michelle or Brent or Olaf are going to ask me a question, which is going to require me to go more narrow and more detailed on somewhere where I wouldn't naturally go myself which I can then strip the audio or the video from this and then reproduce it 
post-produce it with copy and distribute it, whether I want to distribute it on a LinkedIn or on a Facebook. I mean, you know, that is the incredible, incredible things, you know? And so I think, you know, it's, it's a huge, I want to see what Carol said. Carol, don't, I love Q&A. Carol, I saw you wrote something. Can you, can you read this and we can jam on it? Yes, it's Carol Culhane um, Hi, Carol. Gary, and I'm, I'm eating my lunch, which is why I- yeah, um, No worries. But I, when it was at 15 a day, I just thought, oh no, uh, there's one person in a, sort of our group cluster and she's on there at least twice a day and we just tune her out. This. Yep. Um, and so I'm, I'm shocked that you would recommend let's, that. Let's um, talk about it. I might post once a month and yeah. I like what I put up. It's yep. quality. I like the responses let's, I get, but 15 a day. Let's talk about it. So let's talk about it. So first of all, I, I noticed I listened very carefully. You said a word quality. You're judging the quality, Carol, about your own self. You're grading your own homework, right? Yeah. Also on the other side, you and your colleagues are judging this individual. And that is a very small focus group of the entire perspective group. Number three, you might be 100% right. Let everybody be reminded here that the variable of success is the creative. So if this creative from this colleague is poor, self-centered, selfish, not bringing value, I, I, that could also very much make sense to me why it's being tuned out. Now, let's take a step back. You, once a month, this colleague twice a day are posting organically and it's hitting a lot of the same people. When I talk about everybody's businesses here and I say 15 a day, I talk about media planning. So I want you to make a video that might be targeting a certain state, a specific organization, a specific problem narrow to one of the business that you're trying to target may have. When you make that video of like, hey, are you, I'll give you an example, I'll, uh, I'll jam with you, Carol. Hey guys, it's Carol, are you an accountant? That's the first thing you say. Well, good news, Carol, we've spent $88 or $400 on LinkedIn only against people who are accountants. So as you can see where I'm about to go, and I think some people are gonna start putting, picking up the pieces of where I go with that master headline, you're making a piece of content just for accountants and why you or your organization is valuable to them and then you may be done with that video or that written article or the audio clip that you wanted to distribute. And then you may restart and make another video and say, hey, for all the real estate agents, let's talk about what's going on. So now all of a sudden you can see how you can get to 15 very easily because you might be saying the same thing, slightly different to 15 different groups of people. So I always say that this is about basking robins instead of what I think everybody in the world is doing, which is they're selling vanilla. When you're making one message for everyone, you're only gonna hit a very small group of people. When you understand how the internet's structured and these platforms are structured, you realize that you don't have to waste money or time and effort to distribute messages that don't necessarily hit the mark for the person that's on the other end of it. And then to your point, without knowing anything um, about the individual that you guys are razzing, you know, she, she or he may not be putting out content. I think one of the biggest things for everyone here my career and the other things that I've seen that have worked are predicated on putting out content that brings value to the audience. Mm -hmm. It's not a sales call. It's right. not a right, what I call a right hook. It's a jab. I'm trying to build brand and intrigue 
and relevance, which then can creates consideration to do something with me, not trying to close somebody on my process or they should hire me immediately on the first thing they see in their feed. So that, that's where some of the 15 comes from. And then by the way, you know, there's, there's also taking a video and posting it and then stripping the audio out of it and posting it because some people like audio and then transcribing the written word you know, because you, you've realized this all, I mean, I'm going to very advanced places and I'm coming back down. If, if everybody here knew that they could hire somebody from Fiverr and pay them $5, you know, to transcribe a video, all of a sudden like, oh, I can? Like, there's a stunning misunderstanding and lack of education of the production and distribution of internet content today. And I come here today open-hearted, hoping that I can get one of you to take this way more seriously because the financial impacts are extraordinary. They really are. When you really understand brand and sales in these environments. So makes sense, Cindy, it's what, uh, Carol, excuse me, which is why I wanted to call you in here because she's going organic, hitting the same people over and over with that organic. Eventually the algorithm will stop showing that to her, you if you stop engaging with it, if you and your colleagues enjoy looking at it and then making fun of it, well then LinkedIn's gonna think you like it so they're gonna keep showing it to you. So it's, that's kind of how it works a in a little detail, Carol. Makes sense? Yes, thank you. And I think team, for everybody here, if you, uh, real quick, B2C companies in here, raise your hands. So for the hands that just went up, as you can imagine for you, 15 becomes you know entry level because B2B LinkedIn is a dream. B2C, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. You can imagine you, these 15 become 113. Now, I don't want to overwhelm you with the number back to Carol's point. You know, if you're sitting here eating your sandwich offline or salad and you're once a month and I'm coming in here with all this energy 15 a day or you're dead, you know, it's, listen, there's nothing, nobody's going out of business if they don't do this properly. I really, I don't believe overnight, but I will promise all of you, and it's very clear in the data, you're losing market share by not. This is not about you're going out of business. This is, hey, give 20 hours of your mind time. Nobody got to this call by not putting in real work ethic. And no matter where you are in your career, isn't it worth getting 20 hours of education on this with yourself on Google and YouTube? It's not about paying anybody. This is about getting your hands dirty, learning at very low costs about what it takes to be a good communicator on the internet because it's, it's wildly playing out from Netflix to Peloton to every election. Like the mapping of the math is very clear. There's an incredible upside to buying attention at a better price. It worked in radio, it worked in television, it worked in cable, it worked in early internet. I'll give you an example. I built my daddy's wine shop, the thing I'm known for from a lot of people, when we had no money, I took it from a three to a $65 million business with no money because I knew that Google AdWords were really cheap. Nobody was buying them. I was the first person to buy all the wine terms. They were five cents a click. And because nobody knew, I was able to build a very big company. Meanwhile, while I was doing that, a gentleman by the name of Jeff Bezos had a lot of capital, had a lot of talent, and he became by far Amazon. Amazon was Google AdWords biggest ad spender for the first six years of that platform. Stick with me here now by a 30X multiplier against eBay, which was number two. That organization figured out the attention was so underpriced on Google search that they bet the house on it and used many things, but that move is a foundational brick 
to why Amazon is a company that eventually will have to probably be broken up by the government because of their dominance. Mm -hmm. There is nothing more valuable, my friends, than you being able to get the attention of the person that makes the decision to give you money, right? I mean, it's, it's, you know, how one does that. I think about all of the golfing and steak dinners and booths you buy at conferences and direct mail and print. And then I think about the last seven years of people doing some social media, but them doing it with their niece or a come by lately person that says they knew how to do it because most business owners didn't know how to judge it. And so I understand why we sit here today in 2021 with people confused of, is this important or not? Is it good or not? Does it do anything for my business or not? But I would, I would leave with this and I'll go into the next questions. Hey, Andrea, Kalen, feel free to navigate me by calling on someone. The ROI of a basketball for Gary Vaynerchuk is about a negative $150,000 at this point, given the injuries that I've incurred in the last five years of two torn meniscuses and a broken foot. The ROI of a basketball for LeBron James is gonna be north of a billion dollars when that gentleman goes through his life. This is about knowing how to use the tool. But the ROI is clearly there. And I, I wanna motivate people to take a second, third, fifth, ninth look at the content and media ecosystem for your businesses because I see it work every day of the week, every day of the week. Gary, there's an interesting question from Corey. Corey, I don't know if you wanna maybe address the, your question about measurement. Sure, hey Gary, it's Corey from J&J. &J. Hey um, Corey. Uh, one of the questions I have is just, if you think about the infinite number of things that you can measure, track of the volume of data, I'm just curious, like what is the, if you had to bring it down to one metric that really matters, like what would you measure as a leading indicator for whether or not you're being successful in the space? I only measure sales. And obviously, as you know, because I work with Fortune 500 CPG brands, everything that that world does does not measure sales, which is why I'm so happy about Amazon and direct to consumer because it's gonna bring that DNA into the J and J's of the world. As a leading indicator that you're on the right path, what we do is we do isolated media spends and literally show clean and clear. I'm, I'm literally working on this in real time. I'm gonna show clean and clear that in Chicago at Walgreens, we're selling more stuff. It took us getting the clean and clear team to allow us to make thousands of pieces of creative with micromedia spends so that you can actually measure because you're isolating. Uh, an indicator is qualitative feedback. The number one thing that has shown me actual business results more than clicks, follows, shares is real humans saying things about the product or service that not only leads to an indicator, but usually leads to iteration of the creative or the product and service to fulfill the real human's needs, AKA insights from the written words of people when you run the ads. So for example, back to the Carol example, if she gets 29 comments from those real estate agents, if she reads that and sees an inspiration or an observation or gets positive sentiment from there, it's been a real indicator for business success. But I suffocate the media and the creative. You live in a world where, because media and creative are separate and nobody wants to be accountable, every, every agency that works with J&J &J doesn't want to be accountable which is why there's no measurement. We come in and wanna be very accountable and so we suffocate media and creative to prove sales lift at steel shelves in retail. Great, thank you. Yeah, of course. And what did you post there? You have tracer.tech. 
This was a company that we incubated internally. We just took it out of our ecosystem. You should definitely inquiry. Um, I know that Sanofi is a client of theirs. It's part of the BainerX family. They're a SaaS uh, data analytics, uh, almost like Datarama 3.0 of really measuring the true indication of how to measure creative for a company as global as you with so many other things that you'll be activating at the same time. So it might be worth you getting at least a little demo with them. And Charlie, you, you might want to share your, your question about how, to, how and when do you jump on new, uh, new formats that are coming out in, your, in the B2C world? Maybe Charlie's not, he's not I think here. you're on mute. How's that? Is that there we go, Charlie. Fantastic. Wow, I was on you. mute. No worries, brother. Uh, there's an explosion. I'm Charlie Hart. I'm with uh, Ledvance, better known as Sylvania. That's the brand we, we sell in the B2C yep. space. Um, and my question is, there's an explosion of platforms. Yes. You can, you can interface with cost consumers over what appears to be a myriad of different platforms. The last one that came to my attention was Parler. Correct. Uh, how do you, when do you know when you need to jump on? You just jump on as soon as you can. Is it splash paint on everyone or what? I'm a big fan that this is all about consumer insights, Charlie. And so for me, Parler is the greatest indication of how to understand the psyche of conservative point of view Americans right now. And so I'm on it watching and listening and learning um, as a human, uh, but, but to be frank, as a businessman. Um, and so I believe that people think of these platforms as I have to go on there and sell, make money. This has to be a worth my time. To me, going on these platforms early, the worth my time is getting early indications of the psychology and the anthropology of how humans think, which then I factor into how I create and do. So I don't see how in any shape or form, when everybody here is selling to at least 50% of humans that think that way that Parler does, why that's not a good use of two hours. Even if you're the most liberal left person in this room, when you put on your business hat, the insights are very important and so, but you also have to know the demo, right? I know that that skews dramatically far right to middle right, and that's the psyche and why they're there. I know that TikTok was young girls first. Now it's at 30 and 40 year olds, all of a sudden may hit the radar here. The reason when I saw so many, you know, all I'm doing is listening all the time. The reason I asked how many people are here at B2B and I see 80% of the hands go up, now all of a sudden I'm gonna talk a lot about LinkedIn because I wanna bring as much value to this audience right now when I'm with you. So I think it's context, distribution, things of that nature. You gotta know who you're selling to, what you're selling. And then there's, you know, so if you're a consumer product, you have to have a massive Facebook and Instagram, you know, strategy and execution because it consumes, it takes up so many people's hours of mind time. It's like, I mean, Facebook and Instagram combined is like running commercials on MASH in the 80s. Everyone's seeing it if you're good at it. You know, and so that's how I think about that. I think it's a, I think for everybody here, if you have ambition, if you have professional ambition, every one of these things that pop up are worth five hours of your time. If you're a private person, Create a fake account, make it about your business, not you. Create a fake person, I don't care, but learn what people are doing on it and how they're thinking when they're in that room. Because once you understand that Charlie's a different person when he's going through his LinkedIn than he is when he's going through his Facebook, that once you understand that, you're gonna put out different videos and pictures on those platforms. This is real creative strategy. And that's something that a lot of people miss the mark on as well. Everybody just wants to use all these platforms as distribution, Charlie. Everybody's looking for efficiencies. Hey, Gary, can I just make one video and post it everywhere? No, you cannot. Do you act the same way with your grandchildren that you act with your boss, that you do with your girlfriends on your 50th anniversary meetup in Las Vegas? No, you have different angles to your personality. 
Why would you put the same video on TikTok that you're gonna put on LinkedIn? You couldn't be more different with the potential people that are gonna be consuming that. You have to make your product service and what you're trying to accomplish completely contextually different in those environments. But people, people value scale and lower, right, versus relevance. I mean, Corey, back to your world. This is my biggest problem with big corporations. They value potential reach over actual consumer relevance, which is why you get one commercial and you get one big media spend, and then you get a little bit of matching luggage for digital that's usually done on programmatic garbage inventory, and you call it a day, and then everybody's trying to figure out why we're losing market share. It's because we're not consumer centric. Putting the same video on LinkedIn, Twitter, and Facebook is not being consumer friendly. It's being efficient for you on distribution, but you're actually wasting your time more than you're winning because you're not getting to anybody back to the vanilla analogy that I told Carol, because nobody gives a The reason for that though, is they're trying to be brand consistency, right? So they're doing the same thing across multiple platforms where you're consistent across your brand. But that's, so a, that's, a, that's a thing that's taught at business school and, and taught at university, it doesn't play out to real humans. Nobody walks around and talks about brand consistency. Nobody. No, but that, that promise of the brand needs to be relevant in whatever space. Yes, but in. think about it. If I said to everybody right now, everybody write down what Nike means to them. Everybody write down what Coca-Cola means for them. You're gonna get different answers. There may be some thematics, but you're gonna get different answers. And until we as companies understand that, that it's more about relevance, this brand consistency that big companies play on is, is academia, it's, it's corporation talk, it's politics. It, it doesn't manifest in true practicality on the consumer level. Okay. Think about even back to the B2B people, what you might say to the actual CFO or CIO may be very different than somebody you would say two layers down if you're a salesperson in here and you have to replicate that in the content that may inspire them to bring the awareness to the decision maker. Context, it's incredibly important. It's how you get to 15 pieces of content. If you're religious about context, you now understand 15. If you're, if you're thinking about efficiencies for distribution, you think in one piece of content. I had a question if I can. Please. Um, just, it was just on content, but actually before I asked the question, my 17 year old daughter was walking by my office and said, is that Gary Vee? online and I honestly did not. I mean, I did look you up. She goes, I follow him on TikTok. Uh, I watch the YouTube videos. And uh, so I'm clearly out of touch. But you're not uh, out of touch. I, I, what's your name, my friend? Cause I can't see basically. Stan, from, Stan. Uh, from Toronto. Thank you, my friend. Stan, what you just did is the greatest thing that any teacher ever wants, which is you just gave affirmation to everything I've just been talking about. My ability to have 17 year old girls in Toronto know who I am and 64 year old business men and women on LinkedIn and Chicago. Like I am cross platform. And what I put out on TikTok, as you can imagine, let me say, hi, what's her name? Well, she, she's like, she's like, wow. Hello. Hi. <laughs> thanks, for, thanks for listening to my content. I appreciate it. Yeah, thank you. What do you like about his content? Um, honestly, I love how like passionate you feel about your work. Just like when you talk, when you talk, it sounds super cool and it's inspiring. So thank, thank you. you. That. It's really nice to meet you. Thank you. You okay. too. Thank you. But as everybody can imagine, what I'm putting out on TikTok to bring that inspiration, that might be talking about the pressure of parents worrying about grades or, hey, you're 17. I promise you, as a 45-year-old, you're way younger than you think. You don't have to have life figured out. Or, you know, hey, try a lot of different things 
because the world's gonna change a lot. Nobody thought that esports playing video games 20 years was, good, was a good idea. Now those people make tens of millions of dollars. And there's a lot of parents that are upset that they, you know, Kurt, I'll never be able to, until I buy the Jets, Kurt, I won't be able to figure out the, how to, yeah. that's my goal. I gotta buy the Jets to figure that one out. But Stan. So my question is on please. content, like just yes. this morning, my, my head of uh, digital marketing, who's an engineer saying, hey, you gotta, you gotta like all the stuff we're doing on LinkedIn. You gotta amplify it. I guess, I mean, this is an eye opening to me is, um, I guess I'm a content, I, I feel like as the head of the company that if I'm putting out content, it should be of different or higher quality. And does that make me a content snob or I should, am I, am I looking at it differently? I guess the question is that I, as a head of an organization, the content that we're putting out, if you're putting out 10 or 15 pieces of content, it's going to be really hard for it to all be good unless someone's doing it for you. But how should we view that? Or I guess I'm looking it, at no, it very I, I, differently. I th look, we do this at VaynerX, right? Our company puts out a lot of content and I put out a lot of content and they're very different. I, I'm Kaylin and Andrea here who deal with a lot of our business. Uh, Doris, content is just create, is just con is, is a video of anything that you see on a social network, that's content. A video, a picture, uh, a written word, you know, that's content. It's just, it's a print ad, a billboard, a radio ad, a jingle, like anything that's consumed. Um, Stan, back to you. I would argue that some of the content that I put out actually makes it hard for Andrea and Kaylin to get, get our company to get business because I curse, because I've got a different edge. And sometimes a very conservative company that really wants to work with VaynerMedia may be turned off by a founder that's a little too Jersey. I would also argue that because I'm authentic and I'm passionate and it's not coming from a bad place, that there's a lot of people that find that refreshing and want to work. I think the content you need to put out is the content that's true to you. You know, the truth of the, the energy of the intent and truth always overperforms, whether you're very conservative, very, very silly, very, you know, your sense of humor is your strength, not your weakness. This whole notion of suit and tie, look professional, it's dying by the second, by the second. And we need to recognize that. Now, one may think that's bad, and I understand that. I, I genuinely do. I just am not in the business of judging society. I'm in the business of reacting to society. And I think a lot of people get caught up in that. And I think your company should be putting out a certain piece of content and different kinds of content. And I think you should be putting out content. You being an avid fisherman or loving hockey or being into uh, bourbon or liking golf, maybe the connection point in that one video or in that one article that leads to somebody considering to do something with you. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. Gary, there's an interesting question that might, might kind of piggyback off on that theme that comes from, uh, and I apologize, I might uh, mispronounce this, Rubach Wealth Team, talking about how do they make sure that they're putting out content that can be picked up by the media, meaning PR? Um, that takes being PR savvy, you know, understanding what, P understanding that PR is selfish. They're not in the business of amplifying your business. They're in, in the business of getting people to view things. That's why we all get mad at the news for being sensationalism. The problem is they were forced into it as a business because that's what we react to. We like rubbernecking, unfortunately. It's the human spirit. You know, it is what it is. I think you need to be clever. You need to, you need to understand, you know, a different take. I think being very culturally relevant. This is why I like everybody producing content because it's gonna teach you about what's going on. Um, I, I love Craig earlier for bringing up Parler, right? Maybe you put out like a post on, you know, for example, if I wanted press, I would immediately 
write a LinkedIn post right now saying why I'm considering Parler and what I see there, I guarantee you get somebody reaching out to you wanting to be in an article because they all want to write about it because it's a polarizing thing right now, right? So like, you know, I think, I think understanding that the media is selfish, they're not in the business to be your publicist is the biggest mindset that I see people not understanding. And so that's, you need to bring them value, not them, they're not there for you. So it's a mindset of what you want to talk about and what you put out there. There's a, an interesting question from Sean Beyer. Um, they're a B2C company and they're interested in- um, Let's get in Sean here. Yeah. Hi. Um, yeah, we're a B2C company. So we have consumer services, uh, spa services, but then we also uh, manufacture products uh, that are you're, sold- You're on both sides. B2C and wholesalers. Yeah, I love What's it. What's that? You're on both ends, uh, B2B and B2C. Yeah, so we- uh, my question is, is we're really trying to ramp up the amount of content marketing that we're doing across multiple channels, but we obviously still have a very large paid digital uh, budget. Um, what are your thoughts on how to determine, how do, you, how do you set your budgets for resources and time uh, I, for I, that? Yep, I am far more allocated to content creation than media amplification than almost anything or anyone I've ever seen in a world of 80-20, and I don't know if you're even more extreme because big companies will go 80-20. For everybody to catch up what we're saying, 80% of the money that you do for marketing is spent for placing the ads, amplifying it, media spending. Um, you know, In the old days, it was 80% of the money was to buy the print slot and then 20% was to make the ad. 80% was to buy the television and 20% was to make the commercial. 80% is to buy the Facebook ads and the Google ads and 20%. You know, I'm, I'm more of a, you're not, you may be stunned by this. I'm a 60-40 content guy, which is like insanity for most business people. But I just know the creative is the variable and I'm also extremely good at understanding underpriced media, right? Like, so when you do, you're great at the media planning and spending, when you know how to go long tail Facebook, when you know that TikTok's grossly underpriced, when you know you're, you're able to pour more because I know the creative is the variable of success. Now, I'm the extreme of extremes. I don't even really recommend it. But I think you have to be somewhere in the 70, 30, 70 media, 30 creative. Do you have a sense of where you're at right now? Oh, yeah, it's probably like 95, yeah, 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 yeah. That's it, that's the, you know, that's knowing that you're a little bit deeper and some of the, like that's the big unlock, oh, oh, okay. And then by the way, you gotta really audit that 90, like what are you doing? Because what, where I help a lot of people is when that 90, is bad <laughs> at what it does. You can imagine when you take it to 70 and it's better than the 90 and the money goes into great creative, now you're getting into a real game. Yeah. And that's honestly, so many people are just CAC. They're, they're metrics oriented, not business oriented. Right. You got a good price on our impressions or they might be too business oriented. Gary, don't talk to me. I'm acquiring customers for $210 and I'm making enough profit on that. And I'm like, cool but isn't acquiring customers for 130 better? And wouldn't you be willing to go to 260 for a little while to find the thing that gets you to 130? So what I've come to learn, my friend, is I just can't believe how many people are not business oriented when they talk about marketing. They either don't understand it or they don't hold it accountable to business. I grew up in a family liquor store business where we were immigrants from the Soviet Union. Every dollar I spent, Sasha Vaynerchuk really cared if I did good or not with it. So my marketing training was only business oriented, not going to 
brand school or getting brought up in Procter and Gamble or, or, you know, you see where I'm going? And, but I'm a brander, I'm a marketer, I'm not a salesman. And I think too many people give up on branding and marketing because they're really salespeople and they wanna know what every single penny does for them right now. And that's why I always beat them. They're, even though my energy looks like I'm the hare, the rabbit, my actions are very tortoise. Thoughtful, insights, slow, learn, pour light or fluid on what works. My excitement for my model is high, that's what you're feeling right now but I'm very slow and calculated. As a matter of fact, I'm building a consumer, I'm building a business right now. And I've been taking the last 11 years running VaynerMedia to build this bricks and the steel for the business I'm gonna build, which is I'm building this entire marketing company just to buy businesses. The reason I started the Sasha Group, the small business version of the VaynerMedia was A, truthfully be told, because I enjoy these businesses a little bit more. You know, it really matters when you do good work for a small business. You can like, you know, people cry with, when they talk to me. You know, immigrant moms hug me, like fun stuff. Um, but I also did it because I don't know what I'm gonna buy. You know, I might buy a 47 chain pizza shop in Canada, back to our friend in Toronto, and I wanna be great at marketing in Calgary. Like, I, this is very calculated for me and I want it to be for all of you because I think social media or marketing gets a bad name. It is the, the internet commoditizes everything but the ability to communicate. All of your businesses will continue to get pressured by the internet's infrastructure. It was the limo services, it was the hotel things. If you're in real estate, Zillow's coming after you. Like everything's gonna continue to happen this way. And you know, the networks didn't see Netflix coming, right? Like the car companies didn't see Tesla. Technology and the internet is gonna change everything. And if you don't know how to communicate on it, you're not gonna have a protection mechanism to when it comes for your business. It's like a title, it's like a huge wave. Either everybody here realizes, hopefully this is the serendipitous moment that you decide to build a great surfboard or that wave is gonna smash you in the face. Gary, Jim Schlexer has a question about where there are media bargains today. Uh, Jim? Jim, where are you, brother? There you are, brother. So Jim, where's your target? It, I mean, TikTok is by far the one. Okay, so we're, I, we're, we're B2B management consulting, CEO right. advisory work. We spend a lot of time on LinkedIn, variety Beautiful. of flavors in LinkedIn. Do you spend a lot of media money on LinkedIn? Um, not a ton. We're more, we, we, I wouldn't know, I wouldn't say we're at your ratio on content, but we, a lot of video. Uh, but you're getting it from the, org, you're putting it out because LinkedIn also gives you good organic reach. So you're, you're, satisfied, which makes sense to me, Jim, you're satisfied on making the content and putting it out organically, not doing what I want, which is you pick four target clients and you make, I'll give you an example. I want everybody to hear this. And Jim, actually let's play. What would be a company that you would love to be doing business with? Like you wish they hired you or used your service? You know, a, a $200 million valve manufacturer in Mini Milwaukee would be an beautiful. awesome client for us. So Pick if you just being random, but beautiful. No, I love this. If you and I became partners tomorrow, I'd say, oh, brother, get, who here can get me the data on every company in America that looks like that? Then that, come, that would come. Then I would go on LinkedIn, me or my, whoever I brought over, and we would look at which companies are registered that are big enough that have enough employees on there that we can target the employees of. And you gotta do an employee count because they don't do revenue. Correct. Yeah. So, right? So you gotta look at those things. Once that happens, we target those companies and we make content that looks like this. 
hey, does your CFO or who's the decision maker in your head of procurement, CIO, CFO? Who uh, the, yeah. CEO decides. In, in your world. Yeah. Beautiful. So I would produce content that literally looked like this. Hey, does your CEO know that she or he is losing? I, you know, I, I don't know your value prop, but I'm sure there's six of them if you had dinner with yep. a CEO, right? I would make those six value props. I would make six different ways, written word, video. Now I have 36 pieces of content that we're targeting against the employees of one company with the hope that one of them forwards it. Got it? Influence yep. the influencer. Yeah. Got it? See where I'm going? So we got to get somebody to put the scope bottle on the desk. Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> right. That's exactly right. Interesting. You know, and when you, or when you're broad enough and you know it's the CI, anybody here have an interesting job title that is the decision maker, like chief procurement, CIO? Anybody here have anything that's not CEO? You can unmute, just trying to give another analogy. I'll give you, we have a client that sells outsourced business services. So it would be like manager of outsourcing or call center manager or something like that. And sometimes yeah. procurement, sometimes VP of procurement. So it sometimes could be any of those. Are, yeah, exactly. Like just the sheer technicality that you can get into a LinkedIn environment. And again, Carol, back to you, right? Notice how I just talked about one company, 36 pieces of content because there's six value props. You want to say it six different ways because you don't know if it's the video, the written word, the picture, right? And, you know, and so... I mean, this is real stuff, everyone. I'm telling you, this is real stuff. We have a, a glass manufacturer that wants the industry to use glass and set that is blown away by what's been going on in the first couple of months with us. We have WeWork, right? They have so much challenges with co-working and this, like, but we're blowing B2B companies away with our work in LinkedIn. And by the way, Facebook has been proven to be an incredibly effective B2B channel as well when you play on the media on certain targeting, if you know a certain thing like universities, there's a lot of different things. You know, obviously this all goes on what you can target. And then once you know what you're targeting, you know what you're gonna say. But um, Jim, I think you've got to really rev up the capabilities, whether internally or externally around media spend on LinkedIn. Okay. Yeah, now we, most we media some, people- uh, We do retargeting, sponsor content, that kind of stuff, but- Fair enough. Sponsor sure content- we're missing would, a ton of tricks. Sponsor content I would get out of. It just makes you feel good that a lot of people saw it, but they're not the people that you want. Retargeting I love. Anybody yep. that's come to your website, keep pounding them until they give up. But <laughs> prospecting where the content really knows who's seeing it. Got it? Yep. It goes back, it goes back to Stan's daughter, right? I know 17 year olds are seeing my TikToks. You can imagine how that affects what I'm saying versus what I'm saying to 58, you know, I'm, I'll give you one, as a human, I'm passionate that people in their 50s and 60s are delusional about how much life they have left ahead of them, but society has convinced them that they don't. So when I make a video to talk to those individuals and I'm running that on Facebook, 55 to 75 year olds that are entrepreneurs or executives, I may curse less, the answer is I do. I may talk about different analogies. I may make a joke about razzing about hey, you don't want your daughter making fun of you. Let's show her, you know, like everything that comes out of my mouth is different. I, I did it meta in here, right? I asked, you know, I'm bringing it up again, but I want everybody to really hear me. Once I understood how B2B this is, look how much LinkedIn I'm talking. If this was B2C, I'd be talking about other stuff in this time. Context. Gary, Robin Whalen has a question about auto-generated content. Robin, are you? Yeah. Can you share a little bit more about that? Hey, yeah. Robin. Hi, Gary. I, um, I'm a, I run a, an ad agency, social media agency in Toronto. Very nice. Um, and we are, I'm 
totally hearing you about how important creative is. And I would put it when you look at media and you look at the offer and you would look at creative, I would put creative in terms of the, the, the element that drives the most impact. So, sorry. One of the things that um, bothers me the most is auto-generated creative. Right. And what I'm seeing in the industry where there's clients are wanting to spend less in the development of the idea because they can get free creative through Google Display Network or yeah, whatever. Just your thoughts. My thoughts are, it's a nice thing to have two to 3% of your energy on, but big companies and clients love it because they think they're saving money, but they don't realize they're not getting the business results they want. Yeah. And because they're scoring on costs, not on long-term business results, they think it's a good thing, but it's a bad thing. Oh, okay. I, I totally agree. I just always wondered if there's a different perspective out there. You know, there's different perspectives when somebody's job in a big company for marketing is to drive down the cost of creative and that's their KPI. And their boss said to them, if you cut this by 20%, I'll give you a bonus of 10% and they go and do it. And that's because they play defense and they're not consumer centric and they're building their business in a Excel sheet and as a CFO, not as a CEO. That's who likes it. Amen. No Amen. argument here. Thanks for that. Elvin Johnson, you have a question about a brainstorming process that's going to lead to the best content. You want to fill us in a little bit more on that? Yeah, you mentioned, I like your ratio. You mentioned that kind of, you're, you over-index on content versus the, the media spin. And just what, what tactics, tools, resources do you really, having a great story, a great narrative is super important. How can people get better and what's been your secret sauce to continuously produce that great content? Kelvin, I'm going to give you a crazy off-speed pitch. You ready? The complete most important ingredient to the question that you just asked is HR. It's culture. The only way you get great ideas is if people feel safe to say them out loud. The reason most organizations and companies struggle with good ideas is there's usually somebody in the room that is the killer of ideas imposing his or her political will against the rest of the crew. Humility kindness, curiosity are the elements to unlock what you're asking. And unless you have a culture of that, if you, if you the boss are like, I don't like that. And you make people feel scared to throw things at, you're dead. If there's somebody ahead of your creative and she or he wields their political clout and justify their being based on judging everybody else's ideas, you're dead. This is a cultural execution. And that is why I think Vayner's world exploded because we focused on that. We thought that was the seed and now we're getting the dividends of it because people feel safe on the first day to throw something against the wall and not have some senior creative make them feel little. And to follow up with that real quick, any like uh, routines that you do personally or walks or anything? Yep, yep. I put out all the content. I have a thought, I make it. Got it? People demonize quality. People demonize quantity when it is the singular unlock of an internet infrastructure. And that's why everyone's struggling. For 50 years, it was subjective quality conversation, Mad Men era, you know, bosses being bosses. And then the internet came along where it would value you if you could put out a lot of things because it would give you feedback loops that were clean data. I don't suppress my ideas. I don't need to take a walk or exercise or meditate or drink tea. When I feel safe and put it out, that is all that. 
Those are band-aids to bad human behavior. Mm, I like that one. Never said that. <laughs> Gary, I think we might have one time for yes. one more question. Please. I know you got to go at 135, but there's a question from Boris who comes from the charitable sector and fundraising great. sector. Boris, maybe you want to fill us in. Yeah, for sure. Thanks. It's great to, to listen to you, Gary. Look, um, I typically meet with philanthropists, like successful entrepreneurs, basically, that have made enough money that they can make a gift at the end of the year, $10,000, $50,000. And I ask very personally, you know, I kind of pitch the, the, the organization, the impact we're having. It's very high touch. And all that is out the window with, uh, with the pandemic. Right. I wonder if you have any insights on, on how to tell the, you know, sort of invite people who make significant philanthropic gifts in a different way than ju just a, the high touch relational. Well, first of all, Boris, and I've been doing it because, you know, I, I'm, on a, I'm on Charity Water and Pencil Promise and I'm on the board and a big driver. Mm -hmm. I converted those drinks and cocktail hours into this. I, yeah. And then back to the point of this whole talk. And after we do this, I ask sometimes prospective people if they would allow me to chop up the video and use it as content that I put out on LinkedIn and target high net worth individuals. Hmm. I only live in a world where I want every minute of my life to be recorded so that I can then post produce it for my ambitions. Yeah, that's cool. It is cool. I'm only starting because it's to very, do that. It's, a, it's very yeah. efficient, right? You get four people together, you do your spiel, it's a good thing, there's a moment, but now you got your spiel on film and, yeah, now exactly. you, and if you get the permission for those four and you may or may not because given the nature of who those kind of people are, but guess what? You might not even need them because it might just be what you said is what you're chopping. Mm -hmm. I don't need any of y'all for my content here because I could just use my part of it. Yeah, that's cool. I hope everybody enjoyed this and got some value out of it. I wish all of you a really healthy and awesome holiday. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you, Gary. Yeah, thank you Cheers. so much. Thank, thank you. you for saying that. Thanks. It's awesome, Gary. Thanks. I appreciate that, Jim. Bye, everyone. Thank you. Thank you, Gary. Yeah, very, very Thank you. It's very good. Thanks, everyone. And if there's anything we can do to help you, if you're looking for talent, if you're, you know, if you have other questions that you just thought of right now, <laughs> feel free. I'm going to put my name in the chat um, as well, and I'd be happy to um, to have Gary respond to anything else that you might think of, even you know, throughout this summit that you're uh, so lucky to be attending. Andrea, thank you so much. Thank Thanks, you. Sid. Looking good. Yeah. Thanks for helping us set this up, Andrew. It was really awesome. Thank you. Oh, well, thank you. Thanks for all the, the participation. That's what makes this, uh, <laughs> makes it hopefully more practical and uh, gives you a little bit of inspiration on the side. You guys are great. Cool. Great session. A lot Cheers. of homework. <laughs> Don't we all? <laughs> Don't we all? I'm just trying to keep up with Gary. <laughs> Oh my goodness. Thank you, Andrea. All right. Thanks, everybody. Bye -bye. Have a great summit. All right. Episode's over. Please leave a review and subscribe up on Apple. It would mean a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot to me. Thank you very much. Hey, podcast. Joe from Team Gary here. Today's highlighted review is one of the greatest mentors by Carl Wyatt. Gary V has given me a push in the right direction to getting in a better headspace so that I can move forward after taking a step back. From my approach on how I view shortcomings on sports cards, thanks, dude. Thanks to Carl Wyatt. Keep those reviews coming. We could highlight yours next.